Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is the last weekend of the Six Nations and whether you're looking forward to celebrating a Grand Slam or commiserating a wooden spoon, why not do it with our friends at Beer 52? Beer 52 is number one beer delivery service in the world and because you're listening to our show, we can get you a free crate of craft beer um, just for listening to us. Get yourself on beer52.com forward slash thistle um, and you will get yourself eight craft beers which cover all of the Six Nations countries, a copy of Ferment magazine and a little snack to enjoy with the rugby as well. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle. All you have to do is pay for postage and packaging, £5.95 and you will get free Eight craft beers delivered to your door. That's beer52.com forward slash thistle. Come on, Scotland. Hello and welcome to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Breakfast Show. I'm David and I'm joined as ever. It is half past six in the morning and there is Matt. How are you, bud? Not too bad, actually. I think I'm going to crash later on in the day, but yeah, it's good to get the breakfast slot in. Breakfast slot, pre-Calcutta Cup, probably the biggest weekend in Scottish rugby every year. Alan, taking a sip of coffee, you getting that buzz on, you feeling good about it? Yeah, good. Sorry I was a bit late. Mini Alan Jacobson, I think she had a, she had a poor night's sleep. Had to, oh, had to give her some think? comfort this morning before, <laughs> before I left. Was that the reason you were looking after your cat? Yeah, I gave her a couple of treats, <laughs> so I've had to like refill her water bowl. Christ's sake. <laughs> well, thank you very much um, for waiting for us this week. We realize we are late this week, but starting off your Calcutta Cup weekend right. Um, listening to us on Apple or Acast, um, as ever, we've been on Twitter. Lots going on, including us getting a little bit of wind of the Scotland team early doors and letting you know about that 24 hours before it came out. Um, uh, that's at Thistle Rugby Pod. Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod. And the mailbag is empty. Haven't had one email, guys. Come on, <laughs> raise your game. The Thistle Rugby at gmail.com. If you're listening on Apple, please get on there. Leave us a review. How about this one? Five stars from The Real Rossitron. I've been listening to these lads for a while and think they speak a lot of sense without taking themselves too seriously. I've tried the official Scottish rugby podcast, which loves the fence too much, and a couple of others, but the Thistle is the only one I listen to every week. Even if it's been a bad week for Scottish rugby, it's still worth listening for the quiz. Alan, everybody loves the quiz, don't they? I mean, you don't know how bad the quiz is going to be today, do you? <laughs> give, give us a wee taste. Uh, all right. The last decade of Calcutta Cups. Calcutta Cups? Calcutta? The Calcutta. on your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into that, let's rattle through some news. There's been quite a lot coming on. Um, Yesterday, interesting, um, Sam Hidalgo-Klein, all the people were adding their um, players for the next round 
of European competition. Sam Hidalgo-Klein, who's currently at the Scarlets, was listed as a Harlequins player, and then it was subsequently announced that he's heading there. He's been pr- he's not had a, per- a great time down at the Star- Scarlets, has he? Hasn't really played that often. Yeah. Um, which, considering sort of Davis, Gareth Davis is, is his um, competing man for nine, you'd think he would have played a bit. I think it's just uh, it's a loan deal. It's not it's not right. a permanent signing. So maybe it is just kind of injury cover. Because I think Harlequins have got a few injuries at the scrum half. Yeah. it's. I mean, he kind of thought he was going to go in as second choice to Gareth Davis and get quite a lot of game time especially over sort of the international period. Yeah. But it's... I, I can't remember who the sort of now second choice is for Scarlet's, but he's fallen pretty far in the pecking order and yeah. seems to be sort of playing most of his game time in the Welsh Premiership. It's a bit of a shame because in the Edinburgh's sort of um, run in the Pro 14 last year towards the tail end, he was starting and playing very, very well. Yeah. Um, we were pretty gutted he, he left. Yeah, well. exactly. He seems to be coming back onto a bit of a game, but we will watch that one with interest. Um, speaking of Edinburgh, and we talked about it on the pod a couple of weeks ago, but I think we said there was interest from Glasgow. Fiji 7's uh, captain Kunavula apparently sorting out his visa to sign a contract with Edinburgh. Looks like a pretty feisty ball carrier. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the highlights on YouTube from him playing sevens are pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, sevens highlights reels look really good, though. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, yeah, I think you're you're right. But, you know, he's he does all the things you'd expect from a Fijian sevens player. Like, he's really physical. He can offload well. More reinforcements for Edinburgh. Murray Douglas, who we've championed on the pod... Um, is coming out over to Edinburgh. Short-term deal, World Cup cover from the Brumbies. Quite an interesting one. Such an unbelievable career. Just sort of, I think, understanding as he went to Australia, not specifically for rugby reasons, more for just general life. Um, yeah, he went there to continue his law career. And then he's had Brumbies, obviously played a bit in the uh, ITM with Northland, couple couple of games in the Hurricane squad and then he was at the Rebels first wasn't he yeah it was yeah. the Rebels as well, Sorry, yeah. Rebels first then Hurricanes and then now with the Brumbies although I'm not sure he's been getting particularly much game time no this I year. don't think he's been playing um, but yeah I mean at the end of the day as we've all said if you're in the Hurricanes wider squad you're good enough to be in the Edinburgh <laughs> wider squad particularly and we'll come on to it the Scotland squad for this weekend is essentially the Edinburgh pack so exactly you've got to assume that uh, they're all going to the World Cup. Yeah. So <laughs> they're going to need some second rows. Well, in the second row, Tulis and Gilchrist will go to the World Cup, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, no, good luck Good luck to him. Hopefully it sort of turns into sort of a longer term. Longer I wouldn't term be surprised. I mean, it seems like everywhere he's gone, he's made a good impression and done well. Yeah, and you sort of look below that sort of Tulis and Gilchrist, you're sort of getting to what you're like, Mackenzie's and Carmichael's, Hunter Hill, like yeah. probably having a slightly sort of like big lump of a ball carrying sort of slightly older second row isn't the worst yeah. thing Ed- for Edinburgh yeah. to get. I asked the Edinburgh press officer if it was a, um, if they were just teeing up a longer term deal and got a very firm straight bat. <laughs> short term deal covering the World Cup only full stop. And I was like, <laughs> Whoa, who uses full stops on WhatsApp? I heard there was, um, <laughs> was rumours that the Sweet Prince might be joining us on the pod at some well, point. Well, we're trying to line it up. We're looking to do a big pre-quarter final event and they're, they're, they're leaving that little carrot just, the oh. Christine Carrot <laughs> has been sent out there. Does so. that mean we cannot like say anything negative about Edinburgh for the next two weeks? I think so. Until we lock, trial. lock down that 90-minute yeah. exclusive interview. <laughs> what a wonderful club. <laughs> Murray Douglas is actually on the bench for the Brumbies uh, today. 
Oh, nice. All right. Well, further Edinburgh reinforcements. It was sort of, um, I haven't seen much of it since, but Mark Palmer last Sunday, little snippet in the Sunday Times saying that Jamie Batty is going to be switching over from Glasgow to Edinburgh. He's been lacking a little bit of game time at Scotston this year, so good opportunity for him to come over. Yeah, I think so. Once again, I'm a bit confused about the props and which props are Edinburgh he's a, have a he's a loose head no I know I know um, no you don't I but d- so he's that. replacing well he's replacing Dell, Dell. Yeah. he's replacing yeah. Dell yeah but still he'll beha- be behind Schumann. Schumann yeah yes so he's essentially just coming in just once again it just it just shows the difficulties of only having two pro squads yeah because he's a guy yeah. that does get picked for, for Scotland because there aren't that many players I like the, the I like the idea of him working with Cockers though he seems to be the sort of guy that maybe uh, Cockers can get that sort of fight out of mm. yeah I understand the difficulties of having two teams, but ultimately, when one team gets Ollie Kebble and one team decides to sign Pierre Schumann, like this, this you could have seen this coming that we weren't yeah, going to have no, yeah. Scottish yeah. loose heads starting for either of the teams. But it's like in in Ireland, they only allow like what, one or two. Yeah, I mean um, you can only have three um, that are the international players starting in your twenty. Yeah, and then they'll limit you signing a scrum half say. Yes, if exactly. you've got too many non, well, you know, national qualified. Well, that was players. one of the reasons Peanut had to leave, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, also, I saw today that Barkley and Bennett have been added to the Edinburgh squad for yes. the Champions Cup quarterfinal, which is very good news for Edinburgh. Xander yeah. um, Ferguson's been re-added to the Glasgow one, yeah. and a couple of others as well. Um, and Cornell Dupree has been added to the Worcester squad for the Challenge Cup mm. as well. So he's back, coming back from his throat injury. Yeah. So think it's he's good to see him on the mend. Chance of sneaking into the World Cup squad. Potentially, if they're looking at him and Strauss, pretty similar players. Strauss hasn't really set the world alight during the Six Nations. Has he? And he's been I just think Cornell Dupree's last match against Wales, he was literally so bad. He was terrible. Strauss has been dropped to the bench to I preempt the question you're about to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't can imagine Townsend like kind of not forgiving him and not picking him again. He did but put Strauss out to the wilderness for like eighteen months. Yeah, yeah and then After he was like, Suva. "He's like Strausse, my boy. <laughs> How you doing?" Listen, everybody's <laughs> fucked. We need you. Um, final bit of news: uh, friend of the pod, Richie Vernon, retiring. So well done, Richie, on a crack- cracking career. No, absolutely well done. Clearly, got a nice like final year in London, playing for London Scottish. Yeah, kind yeah. of like. Couple of job job opportunities, bit of work experience. And he, he's going to exact rolled right out, way. rolled out for client events. Yeah, he's going to be a great like global um, rugby quiz answer. Like players that have played international as forwards and backs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Where that's his legacy. Congratulations, Richie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, outside of all your caps. Yeah, you know, outside <laughs> of obviously everything you achieved. Fourteen win. <laughs> and then was it Lewis Wynn got a full time contract? Yeah, Lewis I saw that. Heading down to London Scottish next year. Yeah. 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 Um, how much time do you want to talk about the CVC and the World League and Six Nations and stuff like that? Or do you want to get onto the meat and drink? Just ch- chat about it briefly. So f- my understanding is with the World League stuff that Scotland and Ireland are the two are two of the most frosty yeah. national unions. Why is that? Mate, Dodson just loves cash, mate. He's like, I like these private equity fellas. Yeah. They exactly. seem to make sense. I'll have that one mil- 100, 100 million, million tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not interested in your five bill over time. Yeah. I want, like, <laughs> that five billion number seems... 
well, been plucked out of thin air. I don't know. I think with the five billion number, it's like a great like headline figure, but actually, yeah. when you sort of break it down over like the period of the um, the agreement across all the teams, then it actually only ends up being. I think it's some. I can't remember exactly, but it's not actually that much more than what the teams are getting mm. at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think the World League proposals. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of on the fence about it all. I think it's kind of got to move on a little bit, but I also really don't want Scotland to get dropped down into tier two because it will definitely happen. And there is going to be relegation now, is that what they're saying? Yes. Uh, Only in sort of two years years out of... um, Not in all years. Like in World Cup years, there isn't any promotion relegation. Yes. An extra 7.5 million per union per year. So yeah, you're right. Do you take the versus hundred hundred mil up front, Bring back or do the you border reverse a hundred mil over twelve years? Seven point five mil a year, but with but you don't lose thirty percent of the S of the Six Nations, obviously. If you do the if you yeah. do the latter, um, yeah. Also, like the fact that it's like been set up a little bit like Brexit. It's like the final deadline for unions to sign up <laughs> yeah. is March 29th. and if they don't. The plan is off. That's it. <laughs> That's hard, it. hard, hard world league. Oh God. Yeah. Not again. Brett Gosper <laughs> was like, I like what May's doing yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dealing no exactly deal what you want. Business. <laughs> Just like we've got CBC have done like with like other sports and things like that, like Formula One and things like that. They are ruthless, like sort of commercialization and spreading the global game. Would you'll you end up you? with like Scotland Italy being played in like Baku. They were like, we really want to bring the game to Azerbaijan. <laughs> Let's do it. Do you think it'd be a bad thing if it if it went away from free to air and it was all paid? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to I mean, grow the game, I mean, it depends what your objective is. If you want to make a shit ton of cash, then no. But <laughs> if you want to grow, if you want to grow the game, and yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, how many people do we know that only watch rugby for the Six Nations of the World Cup? Yeah, essentially. Um, and I think, but you know, if you really had a short term view and wanted to generate cash straight away. There's a lot uh, sky away in there with a check, yeah, ready to take that off your hands. And true, Sky and BT would get into a straightaway um, bidding war for that yes. Six Nations contract. Thank exactly. you very much. Yeah, although I don't really believe the stuff people are like. Oh, we're going to be playing games like in the US and like the Middle East. Just like no one's going to go to them. <laughs> like that's just not a way of making money. So I think it's more the sort of pay TV just slash general commercialization of the Six Nations. But what if Qatar give you £800 million <laughs> to, host, to host the Rugby World Cup? My Dodson's signing on the line. He's just like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> For the greater good. I love that. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, let's see how the World League pans out. Um, I think we've exhausted our knowledge of it right there. Um, right. So let's look ahead to the England game tomorrow. But within that, let's also touch on the hugely disappointing loss to Wales last weekend, going down ultimately 18 points to um, 11. Um, Josh Adams and Jonathan Davies getting tries for Wales. Wee Darcy with a try on his starting debut for Scotland. It was an absolute belter, but once again, it felt like opportunity lost for Scotland and um, just didn't quite get going. Matt? Yeah, well, I was, I was at the game, and the first half was one of the worst first halves I've seen in a long time from Scotland. And the, the stadium was so dead, so flat. There was nothing yeah. to get fans excited. And had a few, quite a few Welsh fans around me. And, you know, no, through no fault of their own, they were, like, taking the piss out of Scotland. They seemed like a joke to them. And they were, like, laughing. And I just, I was quite embarrassed, to be fair. Um, 
And then, yeah, you know, they, they played a lot better in the second half. Um, managed to get a bit more territory and just managed to get their hands on the ball. But still, the amount of basic, basic errors they made, like getting stripped in contact, knocking the ball on, the amount of times they kicked to the corner and then just got smashed back in the mall. Yeah. I, I couldn't understand that. Surely is there was the key the key I one. I don't understand that. There was the key one at sixty eight minutes when if we kicked it we'd be one point behind twelve minutes to go. Yeah. But we went to the corner and turned it over and it just I guess that was the difference. We had so much possession in that twenty two in the second half. But whereas Wales, they went like in the first half, they did like thirty four phases and then got a try. Like yeah. just constantly holding on, recycling yeah. the ball, exhausting that defense drawing players in and then they find space out wide um we just i just never had the confidence that we were ever going to do that there was absolutely zero percentage of me that thought we were going to score from a rolling mole yeah in it at any point during that game and i think both for glasgow and scotland i know we've scored sort of rolling moles against a few of sort of the the slightly lesser yeah, we scored three against uh canada, canada. This <laughs> that is true that was george turner's hat trick yeah i guess sort of like in that first half, I think we were super lucky to be that close to Wales. Oh, my yeah, God. you're right. It could have been way, way worse. It was like the France game. We could have been like 20 points down. I know. And I guess, I think the one thing that this game sort of solidified for me is I generally feel Scotland have regressed. I appreciate the injuries, but this Six Nations has been a real step backwards. Are we in recession? We are, we are officially yeah, in recession. A couple recession. of quarters of negative growth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's happened. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and also just kind of like Fortress Murrayfield. I know that yeah. such as it ever was. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of was a thing. It was to be fair. It was. We'd only lost to South Africa and New Zealand at Murrayfield before this Six Nations in the last two yeah. years. Yeah, and I, I know what you mean in terms of the. I just couldn't figure out what Scotland were trying to do when they had the ball. Yeah, and I kind of you know, I thought Finn played pretty well considering it was like a difficult day, but I just. I just don't understand like what the game plan is in attack, which yeah. you know from when agree. from when Townsend started, I think that, that everyone knew their roles. And once again, you've got injuries, and that makes it difficult. But I thought particularly the the midfield just didn't work. I thought Pete Horner a pretty poor game. I'll tell you who's at fault here. I'd say Cammy Mather, our New Zealand sort of ma- uh, Scotland's man in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Why the hell didn't he pick up Hadley Parks? Oh yeah, I know. He is exactly uh, yeah. the sort of player. Is he Scottish got qualified? He's not, but oh, we could have got him for three years. But we could have got him for three years. No, I'm, I'm joking. But I genuinely think I'm joking, but also not. But that you know, Finn obviously is a great player, but he still does need someone who like a, a, even like a, a Dunbar. Yeah, exactly. Dunbar in his prime. Yeah, and I just don't think any of the current options are really able to offer that level of performance at the top I level. felt like it would be interesting to see how Sam Johnson gets on this weekend but I felt like Pete Horn just didn't quite know his role it was he a distributor you know and then he he seemed stuck and then sometimes he'd try and carry and he's just he's, he was doing it I think a bit in two minds it feels and like Parks was just swallowing him up Scotland yeah. want to go wide but to go wide and create space you need to be drawing defenders and things like that and I don't mm. think that uh, Greg or Pete Horn make anybody sort of sit on their heels and think, actually, if they run straight at me, I'm, we're fucked. And you know, it's not like, like a Tulangi or a Jamie Roberts or a Hadley Parks that will hold defenders and mm. you've got room out, out wide. And it's, but it's not like people like Seymour are really coming off their wing. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I think, see, once again, Seymour getting sucked in for the Josh Adams try. Yeah, well, this was the thing is, 
after the tribe, we really looking at it and we're like, how have we become so narrow? Yeah, there? yeah, it was outrageous. And it really was Tommy Seymour getting slightly caught in no man's land, deciding to commit, committed to come in. No reason he had to come in. Nick yeah. Greg had his man. Yeah. Ultimately leaves you with the two on one. And, you know. It was still quite a bad attempted tackle by Kinghorn. I guess the thing about Kinghorn is everyone talks about him being the fastest player in the Scotland team. But he's a, he's one of those guys who takes a while to get yeah. to top end speed. He's not got that, yeah. he's not yeah, got yeah. that Darcy Graham acceleration. Mm, he's yeah. a long range runner. Yeah. And I just do think that he will at sometimes get beaten by people like Kind of like Maitland as well. Yes, exactly. I always think the attacker should win in that situation as well. One on that, one. Yeah, that's mine. I do think he because they're they're the ones making the decision. They're the ones in control. He could have better sort of shepherded him to the yeah to this touch. Yeah, line. yeah. I I think it was so. a love. It was a lovely piece of footwork. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I he's in good mean. form. He was at full tilt. It was actually a nice step. But I felt like it, it King wasn't Horn that good footwork. It's not like Cheslin Colby is like leaving <laughs> you on your feet. Um, I think Blair Kinghorn just got a bit flat-footed. Yeah. yeah. On his he sort of slightly. planted himself, and then you know. Josh Adams is good enough to be yeah. able to take mm. you on. Well, Tooney has rung quite a few changes, some of them um, enforced by injury, some of them not. So this is the team that is going to be running out at Twickenham tomorrow against England. Um, up front, Alan Dell, Stuart McAnally, Will and Nell, uh, second row, Ben Toulis and Grant Gilchrist. Back row of Sam Skinner at six, Hamish Watson back at seven and Magnus Bradbury at eight. Halfbacks, Ali Price and Finn Russell in the midfield, Sam Johnson and Nick Gregg. And the back three, Byron McGuigan, Darcy Graham, and Sean Maitland at 15. Lads, probably one of the biggest talking points there in the second row, Johnny Gray dropped. Um, probably one of the first times in his career he's been fit and available and hasn't been picked for Scotland. What do you make of that? It's on his 25th birthday as well. Yeah, it's quite savage, isn't it? <laughs> Real um, And I think we've sort of been suggesting it for a while. I, I don't think he's been on good form. I'm not saying Tooney's listened to us, but well, we might have been talking about <laughs> it. I, I just think that, you know, as we were talking about last week, like his work rate's still up there. He's still making tackles. He's hitting rocks. He's making himself available for carries. I think he just needs to add something a bit more to his game, whether that's sort of being a bit more dynamic with the ball in hand or possibly a bit better at the breakdown. And that's something that Wales, you know, in that match were really like, Alwyn Jones, when he made that tackle on Darcy Graham, when he made the break past Navidi, yeah. And as soon as he makes that tackle, he's so streetwise that he's, you know, he's, he's cheating. He's not supporting his weight, but he's slowing the ball yeah. down. And Scotland as a whole don't really do that. And it would just be great to see someone like Johnny Gray being the leader in that regard. It was so funny seeing that Wyn Jones tackle on Darcy Graham. It's like such an important like oh, moment yeah. of the match. And of course yeah. it was him. I know, and he was there. Made the tackle, slowed it down. Yeah. Just like a real just pivotable, pivotable. Just amazing. Pivotable. Pivotable. It was a moment that could turn on his head. It was very pivotable. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, also, we've talked quite a lot about the success of Edinburgh this year um, at the set piece. Uh, McAnally and Toulis, they run the line out for Edinburgh. So I don't have any concern about that all Edinburgh front five. Stats this week, Alan Dell, most gain line um, successes in the Six Nations for people that have made more than 20 carries. Yeah, I saw I saw that, and whilst I know he did have that one big run against um, against Wales at the weekend, great to see, which was great to see. To be fair, he he's got a little bit of toe on him. Like, yeah, yeah, he's quite quick against he's other in, forwards. I mean, for props, he's at the 
he's in the top five percent of great Nick props. Oh yeah, like he's an athlete. He's not mm. Willem Nell, for example, in terms of like body shape. Yes. Um, and I think he has added that dimension of carrying to his game, which has been really noticeable this year. But actually, the way that was ranked was not just on like total meters gained, but percentage yeah. gain line success. So it's how yeah. many times you just yeah. do. So it wasn't as if that was an outlier that pushed him up the table, yeah. was it? Exactly. Bradbury performing fairly well in that list as well. I thought he had a better, much better game against Wales than he had the f- previous week against France, where he still yeah, looked I off the pace. Carried for 90 meters or something. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Him actually starting at eight, which yeah. I think is probably his best position. That's like true. What do, you, what do you think of the makeup of that back row? Sam Skinner coming back for his first game since Italy on the first weekend. Watson obviously back after breaking his hand, and then Bradbury at eight. That's that's a very strong back row. Do you think in a perfect world they would have kept Richie and put Skinner in the row? Yeah. Yes, I possibly yeah. Because I don't I think, think so. Richie would have got dropped. No, no, no. no. He's been playing really and well, then, and they're not leaving out Hamish Watson after his sort of like cameo 20 minute Superman performance. Do you think it's a heft thing? At England Pack they're going up against is big. Yeah. Skinner's quite like for like with a Mark Wilson or something like that. Some sort of size and... Slightly bigger. Yeah. Probably slightly less dynamic. Yeah. There Mm. was another video of Mark Wilson training that England put up yesterday. Guy's an absolute beast. Yeah, I know. (laughs) His triceps are offensive. (laughs) Unbelievable. But I think you automatically think he's like a harder worker just because he's northern. You're like, God, that's from the northeast. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) gritty. (laughs) He's like, I think he worked in like a coal mine for his (laughs) first like three years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, I think it's like quite a nice balance. Skinner, Watson, and Brad. Probably the best balance about Rogue. We've had, had in ages. In ages, yeah. yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. I think Bradbury's clearly like stepped up his performance between the France game and the Wales game. Mm. He's probably the standout forward at the weekend. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, he ca- carried really well. I, I felt I felt like quite a lot of the, the guys who had been tasked with carrying the ball, like Strauss and Bradbury, were seeking out the contact. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's not really... We're not going to win games by doing that. No. So I'd like to see just, and obviously like Hamish Watson's a bit of a freak, but he's, it, he kind of is trying to get away from the contact rather than take it. Yeah. So I'd like to see just a bit more footwork in the way that these guys go about things. Yes, I, I don't agree. know if Bradbury's got that, but... I guess you compare him to sort of Matt Ferguson, he's probably got more kind of <coughs> heft and he's slightly more sort of, um, I don't know what... He's, he's He's just a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah, Fagerson's yeah, probably a little bit lighter on his feet. Yeah. Although yeah. I do think Fagerson's almost moving further towards the sort of Strauss-Bradbury kind mm. of end of the spectrum, whereas actually initially when he came on the scene, he did he's really utilise his yeah. footwork. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be good. And great to see Hamish Watson back. Yeah, he's going to uh, yeah. hopefully that, make that a, was that a huge difference. That run just lifted the stadium. It was it was awesome. Even the Indian yeah. West guys behind me were like, oh my God, he is un- <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's the first time, like, and obviously Twitter is not reflective of the general public, but like, everybody like rugby pundits who are usually pretty disdainful of scotland yes. in general we're talking about like oh my god hamish watson's unbelievable yeah like, there's people saying that like Fra- french clubs are going to be piling in for him like tomorrow like, well, i hope i hope he well. has a really big game at the weekend and he just yeah kind of... oh, he's gonna break the duck to be fair i can imagine like altra's like having like a cigarello like watching the game he's <laughs> like i like that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about the um choice to stick with ali price at nine I see your face, Matt. I was disappointed with Price, actually, because he's brought in to speed up the game. And maybe he was told not to, but he didn't take a single quick tap, which, you know, he's presumably there for. And I would I would have quite liked that, you know, taking the game to the Welsh. And you know what? His pass isn't that quick. Yeah. Maybe when he gets going, it's a bit quicker, quicker than Laidlaw's. But he was picking up from the base a lot. Yeah. And... You know, maybe it's reflective of the kind of ball he was getting, but he didn't try and make a break once. And he didn't, I don't think he really brought the forwards into the game. So I just think, yeah, for for his strengths, he wasn't able to impose them or they weren't able to, to utilize them that well. No. And how bad was the last five minutes? What, when he was on oh, the wing? When he was on the wing. I just felt like, you know... Um, there was times when he was just sort of hanging around at rucks, obviously like mentally being like, I'm the scrum half, I'm meant to be here. <laughs> and it reminded me of like, you know, that meme of like Ralph Wiggum where it's just like, I'm helping. <laughs> and he was just sort of like standing at, in the yeah, entirely like wrong point, place. At one point, Laidlaw picked and sort of like did a little like hover ball pop thinking it's going to be Strauss or Bradbury carrying it. And it was Price on his shoulder because he I must know, have just I been know. sitting behind <laughs> the rock and you're like, oh, and he like ran straight into Navidi. I, I did feel really bad for him when he um he did that sort of tackle off the ball where he was like, right, I'm going to fill this guy in. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm doing. He like, kind of had to go, you know what he, I mean? Well, like, that's the thing. He had to, like, in his mind, just before contact, he's like, that's going into the guy's hands. Yes. So yeah. I did feel really bad for him. because Some every- people claim it was a turning point. Though. I was like, that's absolutely nonsense. Th- that's the thing. Uh, it, you look really stupid, but I can completely understand how you end up in that situation, and you do that. Yeah, you're just like I've got this. I'm I felt really bad for him because I was like, you know, he's just trying to. He's we've ended up in a shit situation, and he's trying to make his best. Also, his box kicking, I thought was was really poor. There weren't many yeah. contestable ones. None, All was none, about none five were, to ten minutes too contestable. long. None were contestable. And you're giving it to Liam Williams, who is even going to catch the difficult oh ones. Oh my god, so he's so good in the air. I, I was really disappointed with that, actually. Um, Finn versus um, Owen Farrell in the battle of personalities. Two extremely different people <laughs> and different <laughs> styles of rugby um, against each other on uh, 
on Saturday. But I mean, Finn, I, every game he's played this year, I've been impressed with him for Scotland. He is, I think his quality's improved. Weirdly, in a year where we've obviously discussed how we've regressed, it feels like Finn's found a level of consistency in performance. Like I even think against Wales and France. Yeah, I agree. He's actually, you know, he's not been doing as much stupid shit as he used to do. He didn't play against France. Against Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Men Ireland. Well, yeah, what, he, he literally couldn't do any stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. Against France. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah. I think, I think at the end of the day, though, if he goes, like, that's... I think it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, this whole weekend pivots on the Ireland-Wales game. Yeah. yeah. Because if England are still in the game to win the championship... Yes. That's a completely different mindset than if this is just a chuck around. I quite wanted to just be a chuck around because Finn would be like, well, there's nothing on the line. Let's have a go. Yeah, and yeah. I think There's nothing on the line loose. anyway. Yeah, for, for, them, for Scotland. But it'll be different. I suppose England's attitude will com- be completely different if they're playing for something or not. Yeah. I think Finn will love that kind of match, like going down to Twickenham, playing against someone like Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he'll, it's just... I would, yeah. he'll, he'll still try stuff even if we're getting like shunted back at every scrum. <laughs> He's just got to live with it. I would say that if you look team versus team, the area where Scotland look sort of lightweight is the midfield. I mean, lightweight physically and maybe in quality as well. Sam Johnson against Tulangi, Nick Grigg, Henry Slade. There's quite a, I would say, quite a big gap between those two. I want to say, I think 12 to 15. Like, I don't think Slade's that good. I think Johnson's as good as Slade, personally. I think that's a pretty stupid comment. I think your opinion's wrong. <laughs> I think Slade's a good player. He's, he's not a 13. What's his position then? Uh, 10 or 12, personally. They're never going to play him there. They sort of mix him in too laggy, though. Yeah. But, I mean, Grig is like... Grig didn't get shown up by Jonathan Davies at the weekend. No. He didn't get shown up by Bastero. Defensively, Defensively, Greg has been pretty solid, actually. So maybe they, I don't know, but then he's not marking too long, is he? It's going to be Sam Johnson. Yeah. I think he, but I think even if you look at that 12-15, like, I appreciate Darcy Graham looks, doesn't look out of place in an international mm. setup. McGuigan, fine. Like solid. A, a, sol- a, a solid, but a solid premiership player. Yeah. Yeah. Maitland isn't really a fullback. No. But he's good enough at international level to not Last like game he played fullback for Scotland? Um, don't know. When we put fifty on Australia, oh really? Because Hog Hog pulled out. Oh last yeah, night. oh yeah. McGuigan came on for his. We were all really worried. Debut scored two. Oh yeah, yeah. And Maitland shifts to fifteen. For some reason, I always just thought that they would put McGuigan at fullback ahead of Maitland. Just cause I think a lot of people were saying that on Twitter. I d- I don't mind having Maitland there. I think he's a pretty solid guy, and he's got he seems pretty relaxed when he's playing. I think he's got, he's got a pretty cool he's, head. He's quite yeah. defensively minded as well. And England's tactical kicking game has been pretty sol- pretty good throughout the whole Six Nations. So mm. he's going to be in trouble. Maitland doesn't have that good a kicking game, though. No. He always looks no. like someone who's learnt how to kick as opposed to somebody who yes. like, naturally gets yeah. it. He's not like M- Elliot. Like, yeah. He like, throws the ball up <laughs> yeah. to then kick it rather than dropping it onto his foot. I think it was McGuigan and Darcy Graham had kicks to touch at the weekend. Yeah. And like Darcy scaffed one right yeah, off the it side was just of his like, boot. It was exactly that. It was yeah. being like taught to kick at the age of tw- twenty. <laughs> yeah, because they'd never had to do it before. Because yeah, they just yeah, run yeah. through teams. Yeah, Darcy Graham though, oh, very impressive. 
looking real good. That try was fully beast, to be fair. It was <laughs> absolutely class. Is, I was is, so sure when it was in Hastings' hands that he was going to dummy, yeah. get filled in, and get nowhere near the try line. I was having a coffee with Adam Hastings on Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, you did. You yeah. interrupted his morning coffee on Sunday. <laughs> he was on his own, and I went, how's the body, mate? I talked about the thistle, and he at least pretended he knew what it was. He's been on the pod. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I don't think he really remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Weird opening question, though. How's your body? How's the bo- <laughs> how's How is your body made? Oh, I said, how's the body after yesterday? All right, you context. Know, I made a connection context. right away. Connection context right is away. king. Did it look like he'd been out the night um, before? I don't know. He looked all right. He looked fairly fresh. It was quite early. Guy I was at school with put up a photo of him and Hamish Watson. Why not? <laughs> they were nice. all why not, supposedly. I mean, but maybe I reckon Hamish was just dropping off some uh, Rex Club caps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? Branded <laughs> caps. <laughs> um, yeah, he, but Hastings. Yeah, but looked good when he came on. He, you think he, Everyone just, was worried. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, what's going on here?" But uh, the thing is, he didn't have to deal much with kind of like any sort of kicking. No. It, by that game, by that point, the game had kind of opened up. I think. Yeah. It was a bit all over the shop, which is what. He's going to do well in. Yeah. But I thought he was good, and he was good. His cover tackle on Josh Adams as well. In the corner yeah, it was, was really was good. awesome. That was one of those tackles, like, no technique. Oh, he yeah. He was just like, he's I've got to fucking do like, this. I've <laughs> only got 79 kgs, and I'm chucking all of them in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've yeah. got to make as big of an impact as possible. Um, bench, fairly str- uh, strong, I suppose. Fraser Brown, Gordy Reed, Simon Bergen, Johnny Gray, Josh Trice, Greg Laidlaw, Hastings, and Chris Harris. Oh, Harris, man. He's back. <laughs> I suppose, again, aside from Fraser Brown, Simon Bergen, they'll both come on and put in a pretty solid shift. Yeah. The rest, I would say, are... Again, I just think if someone goes down between t- 12 yeah. and 15... Yeah, yeah. Just seems to yeah. be picking up so many injuries at the moment, like, just during it, the game. Do you think it is? there's something more to it? It's like they're not physically prepared, or it's, it's just... Like bad Ar- luck. Arsenal under Wenger, just always getting long-term I just, injuries. I just can't. <laughs> some people were t- talking about this on Twitter, being like, oh, the S&C coaches need to be reviewed. And I just, I think in this day and age, like, S&C is surely fairly commoditized. Yes. Like, someone's calling for Sean, Sean Lamont's head. It's not like England Al doing Strokos some sort of <laughs> special strength and conditioning that's like reduced injury. Like yeah, they've spent like billions of R&D on. Like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of ta- they're not taking enough CBD oil. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> this, true. This is the problem. I just kind of I, I don't buy that, but yeah, I think it's just, it's just hellish luck. They've yeah. all they've all seen how great a time Hugh Jones is having in Barbados, and they're just <laughs> like, I've got a niggle. Tommy yeah. Seymour is like, mate, sorry lads. Yeah, they're like this SRU recovery program looks great. Yeah, what, I was, <laughs> what was Seymour's injury? Was it ribs? No, I, forearm or something. Yeah, he was sort of holding his arm. Um, so and so then I think we should Hugh, know. Hugh Jones had was that knee like stuff like knee ligament damage. I yeah. don't feel like strength and conditioning is something that's gonna vastly help that. I don't know. Do you know dogs have cruciate ligaments? No. My dog's getting a wee operation on his cruciate. Is he? Yeah. Poor little Archie. Poor little Archie. Didn't think they had. Sounds like a <laughs> kind of sportsman's <laughs> injury. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well then. <laughs> um So should we do predi- you've got a wee qu- have you got you've got a wee quiz, don't you? Got a wee wee Scotland England quiz. Should we do a ra- quiz and rattle then through the quiz, then predictions, and then good. Whole day of work. The uh, <laughs> go home. Just before we start the home. quiz, my favourite quote that came out the weekend, how savage was the Tom English article? Oh my god. I didn't uh, 
I can't remember. He it sort of kicked it off by sort of tearing into the players because they're all like kind of like taking like photos oh, with like yeah, their yeah, families yeah. and stuff. Yes, that was quite interesting. Do you not think they they're like told to do that? Yeah, and yeah. told to put BT Murrayfield. I think it was more like a positioning. I think he was saying if the messaging was we we played well, we just couldn't quite kind of yeah. make it. Well, so, yeah, that's what Andy Nicholl like was the saying. The valiant loser. Gus Scott went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that um, on Jamie Ritchie's Twitter, I think? He only ever tweets after games. So, like, the last, like, four of his tweets, like, his whole timeline is just, like, gutted about the result, but great to see BT Mario <laughs> full. And it's just, yeah. like, five of them. <laughs> I know. I've seen the... Um, so when I was at the, that best seat in the house thing for the Italy game, it's yeah. right next to the, um, like, wives and girlfriends and families and stuff like that. And the sort of at 80 minutes, they just, like, open. It's like a pen. And they all, like, run on. So yeah. I think that's what Tom English was saying. Cause it, it happens straight after... The, Soon as everyone claps down the tunnel, they're yeah, all like yeah, the families yeah. are on and things like that. I don't, I don't begrudge them for that, you know. Like whether you've, maybe you do it behind closed doors, but I actually think the sort of key bit of his article was the more like the positioning of the match as a sort of almost like a valiant loss. Yeah, yeah I, like, I agree with yeah. that. Which Missed I d- I do feel is slightly sort of. Yeah. I think it's beneath this team. We shouldn't be positioning yeah, yeah. that game as a, a yeah. positive in any way it whatsoever. Was it, it was Townsend in his press conference was like, I'm just extremely proud of the boys. Yeah. Yeah, so as as well, they show great character and it's like, well, that's a, that's a prerequisite, right? Like, yeah. Before you go on the pitch. I'd, I'd like to show some like clinical thinking at 68 minutes to be like, yeah. actually, we'll take three points here, get within a point and yeah. we'll just go again, like patient, get the ball back. Patience with the ball. Yeah. Or c- holding on to it in contact. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the Tom English quote was, they lost because, despite all the ball in the world, they didn't have the power, the wit, the accuracy, the patience to score when they needed to score. Oh, oh. It's a very well-written skewering, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Tom English <laughs> do, does write a beast article. basically for 10 good. years been writing about how Scotland are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got it down to a good... Um, I think he knew this was going to happen when he volunteered to be like the BBC <laughs> Scottish rugby <laughs> specialist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, quiz. quiz. Yep. Go on, right, we'll be very, very quick. Um. So, a decade of Scotland-England games. What do you think is the average score? The from average score? A, the last nine Calcutta Cup games. Calcutta. What are you saying? <laughs> it's early, mate. Calcutta. Um, uh, 33-17. 33-17? 30-10. 30-10. So, one point each, actually. 25-14, rounded up. 25-14. So, England has scored a total of 222 points, and Scotland has scored a total of 123 points. That's not too bad, actually. Would you remember, there was sort of like the mid, I guess, like the 2000s, where they were really close. Like, yeah, dire matches. And there's a couple of games, like, when when Charlie Hodgson, like, charged down that kick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. almost won them, yeah. So your first three games of the decade are like 15 all. Yeah, yeah. 22-16 yeah. to England, 13-6 to England. Just like, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. you've got a couple of Twickenham games where there's a real <laughs> pull away. Real pull away after 60 minutes. <laughs> Who's the one player to score more than one try against England this decade? What, in a... Across overall. all games. Hugh Jones. Boom. 2-1 to Davos. Very good. And then we have had 10 people have scored tries against England. Yep. This decade for Scotland. We'll go one for one. Okay. Hanny. Who have Hog. you got? Hog. Hog is correct. 
Sean Maitland. Sean Maitland is correct. Uh, Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones is correct. Um, no, I'm struggling. Can I go? I've got others. Sorry, it's actually only six people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Mark Bennett. Mark Bennett is correct. 2015 at show. Twickenham. And Gordy Reid. Yes, Gordy Reid. Such Gordie a good show. Gordy Reid is he correct. Piled he piled in, over in, when, we were, when we were 60 down. That's yeah. when, is that it? No, we were like 25 nil down and Gordy Reid piled over just at the end of the first half and I was right. like, we fucking got this. <laughs> yeah, it's a great Let's photo of him actually. He's absolutely yeah. loving it. There's one more from, and I actually remember this try really vividly, 2011 game at Twickenham. We lost 22-16 and we scored a try, I think, around with around Max five. Evans. Max I Evans. Was I was going to say that match, actually. Chip yeah. kick over. Yeah. 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 I think he chipped it over James Haskell, maybe. That was when um, Foden got put in the clear and Patterson did that unbelievable yes. covering tackle yes. in the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. like <laughs> right around his bootlaces. Yeah. I remember yeah. that whole season, like, Chris Patterson was just making, like, really improbable, like, um, cover tackles. That's a man who could shepherd you Mossy. to the touch. Yeah, line. exactly. No <laughs> shepherd the shepherd. No yeah. The gala shepherd. <laughs> he did have that classic just like ankle yeah. rat oh, tackle. That's all he could do. I mean, he yeah, was yeah, like yeah. <laughs> But I I'd actually hadn't really realised that apart from last year, we hadn't won a game against England this decade. For some reason, I thought there was like a sneak, like 9-6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was sort was of... 2008? Well, it was 10 years, wasn't it? Yeah, 08. 08 was the last yeah. time. So it was, yeah, it was a decade. Because we won 06, 08. Both at Murrayfield, both yeah. in but terrible we, and conditions. And we drew once. And we drew once when England had like Leslie Vinacola. <laughs> <laughs> Hating it. Like, like, what am I and doing I here? remember Saki like running into contact. Jason White absolutely killing him. Yeah, Who's yeah, the big yeah. Rugby League 12 they tried to get going for a wee while? Happy? Yeah, Shantane yeah, Happy. He, was, oh, he Happy. was so bad. Really bad. It was a really like obsession with like getting like, we need a Rugby League 12. Yeah. Because it was like, was it Henry Paul for a little Henry bit? Henry Paul. They got one of the... Like, Carl Price went to Gloucester for a while. Yeah, like yeah. Literally yeah. awful. <laughs> Andy Farrell, obviously Sam Burgess. Yeah. I think if Scotland get the big money from CVC, they should open up, like, loads of, like, feeder schools in, like, Suva and, like, on Samoa and well, stuff there's, like that. There's just, like, so wa- many Watson's Fiji. Like, <laughs> there's so many guys. Come on, lads. <laughs> there's so many guys <laughs> playing in the NRL who qualified to play for the Scotland yeah, rugby yeah, league yeah. team. And they're all, like, you know, good players. I know. Yeah, just get the ship them over. We should do a decade of experimenting with rugby league centres. That's what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do next. Um, but yeah, no, it was sort of the, the, the real bleak time. There was sort of the thirty-eight eighteen at Twickenham, yes. which was twenty thirteen, and then the the 20, 2015 game was when we were actually winning at halftime, and then George Ford scored a try basically yeah. just after there. I was at the 2015 game. It was Sean Maitland's either first, maybe first oh, game for yeah, Scotland. Yeah, and yeah he it was. scored yeah. early doors in the far corner. That was 2013. Was that 2013? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there. And um, I, re- I remember one of the bleakest ones was um, when we had the nematodes at Murrayfield, and it was like a proper like. Was that not when Parks got charged down? Parks got charged down. No, it wasn't Parks because Duncan Weir was starting at ten. Oh, yeah, that was awful. And I remember it started and, like, we were there together. Fasaro made his debut and yeah. Billy, Billy Vinopola just, like, ran the over pitch, him. The pitch was horrific. Everyone was saying this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, we're two minutes in. Dunkey Weir 
puts one out on the full and we're yeah. just like, oh my God, this is going to be a long old day. <laughs> no, that was that was 2014. That 2014. And I actually vividly remember that being the worst was atmosphere. Was 20, 20 nil or something like 20 that? Nil. 20 nil. I actually nil. think it was the worst atmosphere I've ever seen yeah. at Murrayfield. Literally, yeah. you're right, two minutes in, there was like, kind of everyone was just like, yeah, yeah. And then Duncan Ware knocked out and I literally don't think like, that's it. showed once. Yeah, that was it. That. I think that was like the, the most recent extreme low point of Scottish rugby. I mean, losing 61-21 was pretty bad. And I was there. Any other questions? Nah. Yeah. Is that it? I, just, I, probably, I think I won that. I think, I, I think you did. 61-21. I was at Twickenham that day, and I'm going back tomorrow, so hopefully... Uh, did you see this story? Point on, win? The story on Twitter about this this old guy who's only been to yes, Twickenham. Yes, I loved it. He's only been to Twickenham to watch Scotland three times in his life and they've won every time and he's going back <laughs> he's going back tomorrow so he's not been back to Twickenham since 1983 and he's I, just like I I've decided I don't think it's true <laughs> <laughs> they just got a stock photo of like an old guy who kind of looks like a rugby fan there's not been the big Jim Telfer school being chucked yeah, out yeah I know I wonder if someone like the male saving it for a big Saturday morning, morning splash Rob Robertson has gone yeah. to Jim Telford to get some just like stock quotes about yeah. hating England. Like, <laughs> Telford says Jones is a prick. Yeah. <laughs> Can actually see that on the yeah. back page of like yeah. Scottish, yeah. Scottish yeah. Daily Mail tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone's just like, yes. Yeah. Commemorative <laughs> issue. Telford says Jones is a dickhead. There's a lot of lads in the board and they'll be like, Luke, Telford just says it how it is, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should we finish with some predictions then? Yep, let's yeah. do it. I am going down there. I'm not looking forward to it. I think... I think this Scotland team is better than the team that went out against Wales. I think there's better quality of players and it's picked a little bit more on form than last week. And I think it will go to a England by 10 or 12. The thing is, yeah, but the Scotland team that's going out is... Probably a lot worse than the team that played against Twickenham two years ago. E- yes. Like, quite why, not, why not backing the kids? Because it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I think that England, compared to last year, like suddenly got on a bit of a roll. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think. What, Bookie's at England by 16? England, England by 18. 18. I, I have got. wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Bookies have actually been extremely close on every single one of their predictions. What, did I, what, did, what was you my said, message you pre? Said Wales by seven. Wales by seven. Clairvoyant. <laughs> so tell us now, what is going to be the final yeah. score, Alan? I think it's going to go two ways. I think <laughs> either England just get out in front early and we end up getting absolutely pumped. I'm talking like 25 points. Yeah. Or I think it's really close up for about 60 minutes and then England just sort of pull away and win by. Put on, t- put on 10 points in the last yeah, 20 minutes. Put on like, like 10 yeah. points. I wouldn't mind 20. that. That sounds quite good. No, I just, I, I just don't think, yeah. you know, at some point in our lifetimes, Scotland will win at Twickenham. It's just a, it ain't It's gonna not going to be tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you nail on the head though. We need to start absolutely flying we yeah. need to score the first yeah, points tomorrow we haven't done that in any game this this year apart from uh italy which doesn't really count we need to, if we can get seven we can get seven points in the first 10 minutes what i liked against wales tweaking them up a little bit jamie ritchie just like getting like a little bit of a scrap with josh adams yeah like uh, nothing came of it no one else got involved but i just want someone to do that in the first like what Grant Gilchrist you know the, like um, chuck a little un, un, like a uppercut that no one can see. You know in the FA Cup earlier this year, it's like 
Man City played like Burton Albion or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. It beat yeah. them like 9-0. Yeah. Burton didn't even get one yellow card. And I'm like, if you're going to do one thing, get yeah, in their yeah, face. Yeah, you're going to hack them. Like, hack, the, <laughs> yeah. hack into them. Like, get like, in Farrell's face. I don't, I don't want, obviously, stupid yellow cards because that's what started the downfall against England two years ago. If you remember, Fraser Brown was lucky yeah. to escape a red. It was like, a sweet hit, though. It was yeah. a sweet hit. But let's get, I get want, in, let's get in like their get face. In like let's rile them up. Kyle Sink, I think the whole Sinkler thing's a bit of a red herring, but it's like, get in his face and yeah. nail against Sinclair just like now, just like destroy him in a scrum and then like Nell, Dale and McNally are just all like too nice though this is where you want the schooming yeah. he he could rile up some boys I reckon Gordy Reid would rile them up yeah yeah maybe just, we need would. somebody to get Kyle Sinclair to lose his head yeah <laughs> a little Kyle Sinclair red card after 20 minutes and then, oh my god then we start then we start going you just want like Ryan Wilson just to give like well, Owen Farrell's face like a rub did you see, like, a did you see all that crack about um, people trying to get Ryan Wilson to be Scotland's water boy this weekend I did see so he can run on just like get it up you <laughs> lads <laughs> that'd be great um, I know we'll sort of talk about this probably late in a sort of Six Nations wrap up but outside of Italy game Scotland have had one try game yeah, yeah. For, for all three. Scored less tries in Italy. Yeah. It's really bad. It's back Again, to, the, back going, to the old days. Going back to the regression point. Yeah. So there's been a real sort of like average three to four tries a game for the last yeah. sort of two years. And it's been a real sort of pullback. Just generally in I the 22, Scotland think, yeah. just really looked really blunt. I think we were averaging something around 30 points a game at Murrayfield. Yeah. Over the last couple of years. Mm. Like, massive. Just right off the Six Nations, we've had loads of injuries. It's just the cards have not been it's dealt our way. What's actually good is that everyone's getting a rest before the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. And we everyone thinks we're really, really bad. Take down Ireland in we the first game. We can't be favourites. We, we can't cope with being favourites. No, it's true. Can't I also cope. think Dave Rennie's probably a little bit happy at the moment. Just I appreciate some of his players are injured, but he's like, n- he's only got three people starting this weekend. He's kind of like, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. like Jones and Hogg are going to be coming back right for sort of Glasgow's Champions Cup season. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, Hastings finding yeah. a bit of form. Yeah. Last point is just when Stain got called up, it really reminded me of what you were saying a couple of weeks ago, Matt, about like, is there a better country to be a professional rugby player than Scotland if you want an international call up? Yeah. And I was like, Stain, three games for Glasgow. Thank you very much in the yeah. Scotland training squad. It's, it's fair. It looks pretty good. <laughs> it does, to be fair. But uh, I mean, I feel like it's just mad. Italy. I feel like it's easier to get a cat for Italy than Scotland. There's got to be. It's got to be easier. <laughs> Probably. But Italy have Tier like one, Italy yeah. have a. Do they not have a professional league underneath the? Yeah, the I two think it's pro fourteen s- sides or sli- semi pro. Semi pro. So slight. It's probably like the super six. Yeah. Equivalent. So yeah. yeah. But anyway. Right. That, that's plenty. That is plenty. Scotland against England tomorrow at Twickenham. We will be back next week for a Six Nations wrap up. Look forward to it. Come on, Scotland. See you next week. See ya. See ya. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.